Welcome back to Tip Today. It's time to talk farming now. And Amy Ford, Deputy News Editor of the Irish Farmers Journal, joins me now. Amy, good morning. Good morning, how are you? I'm good, good to talk to you this morning, Amy. Uh, a lot of great stories to get through this week. The first one, of course, will be good news uh, to beef farmers. Good prices at the Spring Mart so far being driven by Chinese demand. Yeah, that's right. So uh, the front page of this week's journal is, you know, Mercury sizzling and it is. Uh, it's off to a flying start. Adam Woods has the story this week. Um, so it's the, the good prices in March at the minute, you know, there's heavy flesh cows soaring to three euro a kilo and that's on the back of a combination of low supplies of finished cattle, increased demand for manufacturing beef, earlier than expected Chinese demand and a solid export trade. So um, some listeners might be familiar that the Chinese market shut down to Irish beef exports uh, a couple of years ago and it reopened um, there a couple of months ago. So it's really positive um, in terms of putting, just giving another factor to the trade and with, with buyers um, or demand from buyers mm. for more cattle to, to fill, um, buying for that market essentially. Yeah. Does it look set to continue? It does look like to continue. Um, look at this minute in time. Um, the the mart manager saying Donegal mart manager saying that uh, she had never seen anything like it at the minute. That the trade is electric. Um, there's also new a number of new live exporters that are active around mart rings. Um, helping drive up prices is up to four euro a kilo being paid for three to four hundred kg bull Wayland for export this week. Um, so look, it does look set to continue as Adam Woods writes this week. Uh, the beef trade shows no signs of easing. So it's it's very positive start to the year. That's excellent news. Uh, my favourite story of the week now is the next one. And this is the poor old Ram who is a bit of a dud. Tell us about this. He's a bit shy. So obviously there's, there's legal letters um, going back and forward here. So I'll, I'll say what I can. But yeah. a farmer basically who paid top price for a pedigree Chevy's Ram, he's allegedly been left at a loss after the animal uh, apparently refuses to serve any of the old. Um, the farmer who wished to remain anonymous, obviously, for legal reasons, he, he bought the ram last year and let him in with a batch of yos. And in the two months between the time between he bought the, the ram and, and breeding with the yos, he said the ram was kept to a smaller number of other rams, getting well fed, there was no fighting, and all the yos had been with teaser rams for two weeks prior. Um, once that ram went in with the small group of yos, uh, he was obviously rattled, um, and several other groups, um, you know, there was plenty of activity, but this ram, apparently not a single yo was marked by the new ram, oh, and he no. was found to be away from them, grazing and disinterested. So um, it'll be interesting to see where that goes, but um, yeah, just an interesting story about a shy ram. Yeah, it's a great story. Uh, another one then, the Netherlands proposing a ban on live exports. Why so? Yeah, this is at European level, so it's kind of a while away or, you know, there's a lot of work to be done on it, so it's it's, it's not coming anytime soon, but live exports are back in the spotlight at the latest meeting of the EU and Agriculture Fishery Ministers. So they gathered for their first meeting of the year this week, and that's under a new presidency, the Swedish presidency. And on the agenda was um, a discussion of the paper on the revision of proposed animal transport legislation. So essentially this is a discussion on um, live exports and movement of animals, especially calves. Um, So 10 member states, including Ireland, outlined their opposition to an outright ban on the transport of animals um, from the EU to third countries. So, for example, uh, Irish cattle going to Libya, for for argument's sake. Um, they outline the important role that live exports play in many countries and many countries acknowledge that while changes are needed and out 
outright ban is not necessary and uh, the Netherlands has put forward an argument in favour of an outright ban and that's that's what they're thinking and interestingly Germany, Australia, Denmark and Luxembourg they've, they've also agreed with the Netherlands stance so it's one we'll be monitoring. Yeah it's a surprising stance from those countries isn't it? Yeah yeah it would be I suppose look though there is um, it's some, some of these things can be political as well and you can see why Ireland and other countries would still be in favour of it. Um, like, you know, a lot of our calves go to the Netherlands or Spain um, for further finishing in terms of the calves. Um, so you can see why they'd still be in favour of it. Um, but And Ireland obviously is an island nation. Um, live exports um, do make up a good chunk of our trade. Yeah, the next story now, I know still a lot of concern over this salmonella outbreak. Um, Eight farms, I think, so far. What's the latest on it? Yeah, so we we checked for an update with the department before the paper this week. So um, they're saying that the investigation is still ongoing. There's no new news essentially on it, but eight farms have tested positive for salmonella, eight poultry farms, and they're, they're broiler flocks. So their broilers are are birds that are basically bred and fed for uh, meat production. So they're, you know, chicken, mm. uh, not eggs. Um, the salmonella was found on all eight of the farms. Um, all of the flocks have been restricted. The birds are being humanely culled and they will not enter the food chain. Um, as regards their location, the department said there are a number of different locations um, and the Food Safety Authority of Ireland said that there's been no human cases of illness linked to the investigation so far. Um, so that's the latest on that one. I suppose there was it was linked to a recall of raw chicken from Western Brand uh, last week. That was from the Food Safety Authority of Ireland. They are linked, and um, that's that's where the FSAI is saying this on-farm issue has um, basically once the Western Western Brand recall was out there, it was then checked on the farms, and then the farms tested positive. Yeah, and hopefully it's been contained. Anyway, we'll, we'll watch it uh, as it goes on. Now, the next story then, a surge in demand. Uh, good news, I suppose, for tillage farmers. Double gluten-free oat production. Yeah, so Tierlon, that's, that's the co-op that was formerly Glambia. It's, it's almost doubled the production of its gluten-free oats this year, uh, bringing levels to an area of around 5,000 uh, acres. Our tillage editor, Siobhan Walsh, reports this week. Um, the co-op's on the hunt, basically, for growers for the coming season. Um, its grain manager, Donald Maloney, he said that gluten-free oats are now being are now being grown from South Tip to North Dublin and need down to Wexford. Um the logistics of getting them them cut is not simple. So obviously, because they're gluten free, that if that's contaminated with uh, normal oats, if you get me, uh, okay. they're not gluten free. So Tierlon harvests all their crops with gluten free combines and transports them in gluten free trailers, um, and that's that's a big saving for farmers on that front. Um, Donald's saying that from a crop returns point of view, gluten free oats are comparable to high yielding crops of winter wheat. Um, and so Siobhan writes this week that the, the past few months have been difficult for planting winter crops. Mm. And so the area of winter oats is down, but then that brings an opportunity as land which wasn't planted into winter wheat after a break crop may come available. So look, it's great to see good demand um, from a tillage farmer point of view. You know, a lot of us eat porridge for our breakfast, um, whether whether it's gluten-free oats or not. But, um, you know, it's great to see, you know, oat flour and oat-based ingredients used in food production. And it is a positive um, story. And... Uh, apparently much of the demand is coming from customers in the US so generally very positive Absolutely I know it's been a tough couple of years as well for tillage farmers Uh, for for the dairy sector then even though it's a great time and prices are great it's a struggle to get workers for the sector Yeah this is something that's been I suppose nearly a constant uh, depending on 
what year we're in, if you get me. So 30 years ago, there would have been a similar labour shortage and it's something that comes up again. The Department of Enterprise has slots for work permits, so workers from non-EU countries uh, that can come into Ireland that have basic farm experience um, and that are well able to work, they're they're brought in um, to help stop the gap I suppose in one way because there is a shortage and you know when we all know that when the economy is doing well um, there is there can be a shortage of workers in, in certain sectors and farming falls into that um, but while dairy farm incomes as you said there have never been as strong um, there are dark clouds on the horizon there's tighter rules around nitrates climate policy and then land leasing costs they're threatening to cut into record profits delivered in 22 but as Cavan has kicked off same concerns are going to take a back seat to the issue of labour supply. Um, there is such a shortage of workers at the minute in the sector, um, and you know it's it's difficult to source people to mm. rear calves, to milk cows, and to so on. And it's this time of year where that labour shortage really bites. Absolutely, and it tends to be maybe young lads who are coming up who maybe have a family farm. You wouldn't ever see young lads who don't have any background in farming or don't have the family farm coming into it. And now I, the industry is kind of paying the price for that now, I think, aren't they? Yeah, in one way, I will say young, young lads and young girls as well. There's a, there's yeah, a lot of, right. um, yeah. there's a lot studying in, in UCD and, and, you know, studying ag courses across the country um, that aren't from farming backgrounds at all. And they often go on uh, to, you know, be farm managers or so on. Like there is definitely opportunity there. Anyone that likes working with animals and so on, um, like there, there's plenty of opportunity there, I suppose, just the, the, um, the, dem- the supply side isn't there. This, there is demand for the workers, but the, just the amount of them aren't there. If there's other jobs that are going that they prefer to do, so it'll be interesting to see where it does go and if there will be any movement. Like I know that there's um, uh, farm apprenticeship programs coming up with Chagas, so it'll be interesting to see applications to that and if there'll be increased, uh, I suppose, courses on this front to to stop this gap in future years. So we're not coming around to every December, January, and mm. and people wondering where labour's. Yeah, hopefully. Amy, great to talk to you this morning. Thanks for chatting to us. Thanks very much. All the best. Thanks, Amy. That's Amy for their deputy news editor of the Farmer's Journal. Available now. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.